jump right into it. Can you tell, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and, you know, a little bit about obviously four-time author. You got multiple successful seven and eight figure businesses. You're working with investors. You're, you're working on mindset. Tell us a little bit about what got you here. Well, I could give you the long version, but I don't think you have enough recording time. <laughs> um, but uh, I essentially have always been in, in, enthused about financial markets and enthused about personal development. Those are my two big passions, certainly my big passions right now. And so uh, it started when I was a, you know, a 12 year old kid and I was, I was, I admired my dad like crazy and he was always reading the stock tables. And so I started getting curious about that. And he taught me about um, the stock market and I started reading books, you know, books that he was reading and he had finished reading. And then I, I pulled off this book uh, from his shelf called how to win friends and influence people. Mm. And I was, a, I was getting a little bit bullied. I think I was in third grade or something like that at the time that I read that book. And it kind of changed my life. And I realized that I could learn a lot from people that had written books. And I've pretty much devoted my life. I've probably read 8,000 books now, uh, most of them in personal development uh, and, um, and, and the stock market and the financial markets. And now I, you know, I have a podcast and I, I'm, now I'm really into macroeconomics and what's going on in the world because the world, as you can probably see, and I'm sure everybody listening and watching, we could probably tell the world is changing quickly and mm. I'm not sure it's, uh, you know, it's going to be better or worse, but it's going to be changing. So we have to be prepared for that. And so those are where my passions lie, you know, macroeconomics right now, finance and personal development, how to get better, how to transform your life and, and just be a better human. All right. Well, let's start with the macro. I mean, what do you think is our biggest challenge as a country, as a nation, as a people in the macro level? You know, I, he I heard an interesting interview last week, which I'll, I'll get into in a minute, but I want to hear your take on that, you know, for starters. Yeah. I, from, since we're talking about the country, um, I have a saying, and if you listen to my podcast called the Wealth Architect Podcast, by the way, if you listen to that, I say it all the time, probably making people tired of it, but it's never give up your power in your health, your wealth, or your time. And I think those are three areas in life where we give up our power really easily. Like, you know, you go to a doctor, he says, you got six months to live, six months to the day, you drop dead, right? Or mm -hmm. if you had not given up your power to that doctor, you've heard these stories, people go research and figure out different ways to live and, and eat and, you know, exist. And they live for another 10 years or 20 mm -hmm. years or whatever. So if we don't give up our, our power, I think we have, we are empowered. And so going back to your question about what's going on in this country, I think we're giving up our power to politicians, scientists, uh, social media companies, other people who are, uh, you know, we're happy to give up the status of expert to. And I think what happens is it puts us in a backseat, it lets them drive, and then we don't have the ability to make a correction because we put, we've given them so much power that it limits our own. Mm -hmm. So I think... That's the, the, that's the overview, the 40,000 foot view. If we start to zoom in, we can start looking at, at, you know, what's going on with the Fed. You know, we got one guy in charge of the world's money, essentially, mm -hmm. and he's a lawyer, right? Mm -hmm. I love lawyers. I got, mm -hmm. you know, some in my family, but they're not supposed to be in charge of the world's money. Yeah. Um, we've got one guy in charge of the world's, you know, decisions, you know, signing executive orders and giving away even more money. And, to, and, 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 and I'm not sure whether you agree whether or, or not, if it were somebody else, maybe the last guy signing it, you probably wouldn't agree with it. Mm -hmm. So you know, we, we didn't put people in power to become kings. That's why the country was founded the way it was. It was supposed to have a, a three-way checks and balances system. And now we got single people, whether it's uh, somebody from the CDC 
or somebody from the WHO, the World Health Organization, or somebody from our Fed or another central bank or a president or a group of people. We're giving up our power like everywhere you turn. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if that's the best thing that we can do because when you study history, when people have given up their power, really bad stuff happens. Really yeah. bad stuff happens, right? Genocides happen. A lot of people get killed. A lot of people get, um, you know, inc incarcerated and um, and oppressed. So anyway, I, I don't think I've ever heard it quite put like that, which I really love, like giving up our power, right? Like when we're giving into the media. And I mean, I don't want to, you know, turn this into a uh, conspiracy theorists, you know, but how do we take that control back? Right. How do we start to control what we can control and stay within our health, wealth, and and would you get the health, wealth, and time power? Yeah. How do how does how does a person control that when all this seemingly chaos is going around in the world? Yeah, and it's spreading, um, and it's spreading because we have information. So we we know about uh, a, an uprising in Sri Lanka ten minutes after it starts, whereas mm -hmm. hundred years ago we wouldn't have found out about it for you know ten weeks if ever. Mm -hmm. No, I think the first part of it is to become aware. And I think that's my job, maybe your job, as we kind of put word out, you know, best practices, first principles, and how people can, you know, start to take power and back power in their life. And I think the first step to any kind of change is awareness. Mm. And we have so much power as individuals. I mean, think about it. 25 years ago, if you wanted to start a business, you had to have an idea, put together a business plan, go, go get investors and go out and figure out how to do your marketing. Today, if you want to start a business, it costs you like 20 bucks to start a website, and then you could buy some Facebook ads and pretty soon you're in business and it doesn't cost much or much time or money to be in business. So we have way more power than we think. Mm. I wrote a book um, in 2008 called Negotiate to Win-Win. And one of the concepts in there is that you have more power than you think. Like you get into a situation, you think the other person has, has the power, but we don't realize how much we have. And it's just being able to get that perspective, taking a step back, realizing, hey, wait a minute, here are some strengths that I have. Maybe I can shore up some weaknesses with some other people or some, some knowledge, but these are the strengths that we have. We have huge strengths in this country still. And if we can uh, leverage those strengths and get together around them and not allow the powers that be to oppress them, to stifle them, to censor them, then I think we, we end up taking our power back. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really what you're talking about is limiting beliefs, right? The ability Absolutely. to have faith, have vision, have that traction, go after a bigger vision, and, and have the confidence that you can do those things. Um, what, do you, what do you think is the number one like limiting factor or, or maybe like a tip or a trick for people to break free from those, you know, those, those consuming thoughts that they're not good enough, they're not strong enough, they're not educated enough, they're not capable, you know, but they, but they are, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think the first, uh, the, the number one thing is fear. I mean, you know mm -hmm. this, you're, you're a coach and, mm -hmm. and it's, it's fear. I mean, fear, mm -hmm. we, we, you know, coward dies a thousand deaths, right? And you, you generally... When you fear something, it's probably not uh, the fear that you thought it would be. And that's sure. for one reason, that our brain was here to protect us. And yeah. it's, it's, it's coming from the limbic system, which 5,000 years ago kept us from dying, um, you know, at the hands of the saber-toothed tiger, the paws, I should say. Um, and we're the ones that lived. We're the ones that bred that fear into the genetic code that we still have today. But we don't have saber-toothed tigers around, and we don't have most of the fears that are limiting us in pursuing our dreams, our goals, um, our transformations, the relationships that we want to have, and even our place in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so what? Talk to what are we working on today, Mark? Like, what's the what's the problem? You, your goal is to get a thousand millionaires made, right? What's that process look like? How are you talking to them, communicating with them? I know the podcast 
interaction and things like that. But how do we, how do we really touch those thousand people and create those millionaires? Yeah, it's actually a bigger goal than that. It's, um, it's, you know, if you read Jim Collins book, good to great, uh, mm-hmm. written, you know, back in late nineties, early two thousands, it was to have a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal. My goal is to create, you know, a thousand millionaires, a hundred, 10 millionaires, 10, 100 millionaires and one billionaire. And that's $4 billion that I can help to create on the planet. I'm, I'm not going to be the one to create it. Well, maybe that would be kind of cool. But the idea is to empower people to create to create these things themselves. And there are ways that you can create them. You know, if we get if we get rid of some of the programming that we have, and that programming is it starts from the time we're born until the time we die. And it, you know where the programming is, right? It's programming from your parents, your friends, your TVs, the social media that we interact with, the people that we're around, the choices we make, that's all programming. Mm. And most of us don't realize that we have the power to change our program. You see, we're instilled with all these little beliefs before we even have a choice, a chance to realize that we have a choice. And for 18 to 20 to 25, in some cases, years, that's the programming that we have. And so we operate from that programming thinking that's the right programming. But you know what? It may or may not be. The, the, the point is you should be able to choose your own programming. So mm. you have to kind of go in there and you know, take out some of the, the code that's got some phlegm on it. It's a little hairy and a little cumbersome. It doesn't serve you. And put in the code that you want. And when you put in that code, you create the desired life that you want to live. But you have to know what that is. But most people never take the time to do that. They're like, um, you know, if you ever watch the show Seinfeld, he's got his buddy across the way, Kramer. Mm-hmm. And I think those two would never be friends if they weren't living across the, the hall from each other, right? So I think there's a Kramerization of, of our lives, right? We just choose things because we're like, oh, there's a convenient one. And we never think about it. Oh, there's another convenient one. And then pretty soon, those are the factors that make up our lives. We're in relationships with people because they're convenient. We're in, we have limit, we have beliefs because they're convenient, but do they serve us? We very rarely get to sit down and take the chance to go, wait a minute. I don't know about that one. I don't know. Does that align with my values? Wait a minute. What are my values? Right. Mm. And so if you actually sit down and, and meditate, think about it, ponder it and make a logical decision, it goes back to that empowerment. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny, I was reading earlier, and I can't think of the book, because I'm always I'm juggling different books. And I was reading about how up until the age of four, we actually believe we're invincible, like we can do anything, there's nothing that we cannot do, right. And then what happens is we sl- slowly over time become programmed that there's a limit there, you shouldn't do that, don't touch that, that's hot, this is, you know, you're gonna hurt yourself. And then we start to create these programs of, well, Maybe success isn't for me. And how do I, and that seems like a lot of work. And, and, you know, you and I both had fathers that we kind of wanted to emulate. And, you know, my dad was the first entrepreneur in my life and, you know, your dad was in the stocks and doing, you know, so, so that programming, what would you say to somebody who maybe didn't have that programming? You know, they, they had a rough time growing up. They didn't have that person to look up to, to help them design the programming. And, you know, they're in their twenties now and they're trying to sort through life, you know, and they're trying to figure out what is the big vision or, you know, is there such thing as a big vision? Should I just settle? Right? Yeah. Well, I would say um, it's never too late. Mm. Let's start with that. I mean, you could start right now, right where you are. If you're 75 years old, you can start right now. I have a friend of mine, I just had dinner with her, met her in high school. And she's in her late 50s. Now she's going back to med school, right? She's going (laughs) to med school. Wow. 
I mean, wow, right? Most doctors are thinking about retiring at 60. She's going to maybe get to residency by then. Sure. So it's, it's start where you are. And, yeah. you know, don't use the past as an excuse to not go where you want to be. Decide where you want to be. Set a goal. Set a vision. And then the other part of it is to get support. And so often, and you know this, your dad was an entrepreneur and so was mine. When, when, you, when you have an idea, you know, maybe you set this, maybe the first time you had this podcast idea, you brought it up to somebody. If you have empowering people around you, supportive people around you, you say, hey, I'm going to do this podcast. And they go, great, good idea. This is, oh, this is how you can make it even better. But some people are like, oh, no, no. How are you going to do that? You don't have any time. You got kids. You got a career. You're going to quit this to do that. Like, and they, they pull you down, right? And we don't want that. What we want is we want to have a tribe around us of people who can help empower us. So we got to start where we are and we've got to make sure that we have a supportive environment around us. Helps a huge amount. I love that. Start where you are. I mean, that, that's that's super impactful because again, I think a lot of people tell themselves stories and then they never get started, right? And when's the best place? The best time to start was 10 years ago, but the second best is right now. Like that's get right. out there and, and make some motion, make some movement. Um, and then get support piece. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't resonate with that more. I mean, you know, I, I've, I've coached it for a decade now, mastermind groups, meetups, networking, you know, that's where I attribute all my success to is, is being surrounded by people who are way smarter than me. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I love that. Um, what, what did I forget to ask you today, Mark? What, what, what do we want to get? What do you want to get into? Get into wealth creation? Let's, let's, I mean, we can get into lots of stuff. I mean, it sounds like you and I have some similar, similar yeah. values, but, and, and, and probably your listeners probably emulate you in a lot of ways. That's a big deal is the modeling concept, right? Tony Robbins says, if you want to get success in life, find somebody who's done it before you and, and just do what they do. Absolutely. Right? But what, what my message is in life is really how to empower people to have that vision for what they really want in the future. So, you know, I, I, it goes back to kind of the weaving, not, weaving it all together from what we've been talking about. And that is the programming that we have. Mm. So many of us are programmed to be average. Give me an example. So I'm in the stock market. I mean, I have three hedge funds and, and I run across, I used to be a financial planner and I knew what happens when you run across people. I kind of know their programming. And most people, what they want to do is they want to find a guy that a guy or woman they can trust in their financial planning, give them their money and not think about it again. Mm. Right. It, most people, a lot of people want to think about it, but some people are like, oh, finances are too complicated. I don't want to learn all that stuff. It's just crazy. They have their own vocabulary on purpose. Right. And so they give their power to that other person and their wealth. But what happens is those people and the people who gave their money away were programmed by Wall Street. Now, I came from Wall Street, so I guess I'm allowed to say this. And if I'm not allowed to say it, I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> and for example, they'll, they'll, they'll create a nice portfolio of mutual funds, right? And a mutual fund might have 500 or 1,000 different companies in it. And it'll be managed by somebody who's getting paid a nice big old salary and a piece of the action. They always have nice cars and nice buildings. And you know who pays for those? You do, whether they mm -hmm. make money or not. And yep. their goal and the same goal is for your financial planner. Their goal is to get you a decent return. Decent. Now, mm -hmm. how do we define decent? Well, most people define decent as average because they're like, well, if you put money in this exchange traded fund, you put money in this mutual fund and you buy a little real estate and you buy some gold and you buy some bonds and you put that all together, you end up with a pretty average portfolio, right? Mm -hmm. The bonds are supposed to go up when the stocks go down and the gold is supposed you're, to go up when both of them go down. You're right? diversified, all, right? Yeah. All these diversification. <laughs> I call yeah. it diversification because <clears throat> the more you diversify into 
into an asset, okay, the, the worse your return will be. I did a study in 2013 and 14, I think it was now, and it was at the S&P 500. And the S&P 500 is the 500 biggest stocks that you, you know about, listeners know about. It's the Coca-Colas, the IBMs, Apples, Microsoft, Google, Teslas, whatever. And there was a 28 plus return percent in, in, those, in that period of time. And then I said, well, what would happen if you just put money into the top 10 of those for those two years? It was 185%. So they were programmed to be average. You know, you got an S&P 500 average of 28%. That's pretty good than the average return over 100 years in the S&P 500. So you're like, woo, I got 15% or whatever. Mm -hmm. But wouldn't you have rather had 185? Now, easier said than done, finding the top 10. Yeah. But boy, wouldn't it be worth the asymmetric risk to spend your time trying to find that investment that's 10 times better than the one that you were in just shooting for average? Sure. So that's one... That's one set of programming that we have. So again, strip out the programming, decide what you want, decide what you're willing to do to get it, and then go for it. So that's, that's kind of where I like to, to spend my time talking is, is, is what, you know, what visions do we really want? And then what dreams do we want to have to have those visions? Most people are programmed with the, the you know, go to college or go to school, graduate, you know, meet a spouse, you know, put in some time, buy a house get enslaved to debt, buy your cars, have your two kids, have your dog, and then, you know, get them to get them to college. And then you can finally retire at 65. And then you'll finally be happy. Right. That's the yeah. program. But boy, I don't know about you, but I don't want to wait till 65 to like no. start living my life. Like that's when my mm. knees are creaking. They're already creaking now. And yeah. I, you know, that's when I can't get on and off of planes and carry around bags and go around the world. Then I'm stuck sitting in front of the TV, watching Fox for the rest of my life and committing voluntary suicide. Who wants that? Like, think about what you want, everybody. Like, what is it you want in life? And go for it, you know? And get it today. You know, one of my favorite yeah. books is from 2007 uh, is The 4-Hour Workweek. And, oh, and yeah. Tim Ferriss talks about the new rich. And the way he defines the new rich is they don't wait till 65 to retire, right? They yeah. do the things that they want to do in their 60s today, and they find a way to create an opportunity to do both things at once. So yeah. what you're saying basically is that's programming, right? I can program to wait till I'm 65 and maybe have enough money to survive the, you know, the additional. But the other thing I don't think a lot of people think about, Mark, is 65 is not that old anymore. Yeah. You know, they already say that the first American to be 150 has been born. Like we're going to start living older and older and older with technology. So 65 is such an arbitrary number aside it from, is. you know, Social Security and Medicare and all that Medicaid, you know, but. So how do we how do we transition to living that life now? In fact, I just had this conversation with my team literally an hour ago, cool. um, living a balanced life where we're doing the things we want to do, but we're also successful along the way. So I'll go back to a story I had in 2018. I was having a really had a really lousy year in my hedge fund, and you know I hadn't had a lousy year in a long time. I I do really well in my hedge fund, but I wrapped my identity up in it. And so when I lost money for my investors and most of my investors are my family and my good friends, right? Mm -hmm. I felt horrible, yeah. horrible. Like I never had a year like this where I lost that much money. It was coming on the year where I had a record return. Mm. And, and I, I, I went into kind of a, and for me, this is a big deal, but I went into kind of a, a slump or a depression or whatever. And my health went to hell. I was not sleeping. I got a blood pressure thing and a thyroid. Like what is going on here? And I realized that I tied my identity into my performance, mm. which is a programming thing that in the West we do. 
when you meet somebody at a cocktail party, you say, hey, how you doing? What's the first question you ask? What do you do, right? <laughs> and so we answer this from how we make our money. And I happen to be going to Greece. I go to Greece every year. And I was going to Greece and I spent some time with some friends. And they're like, God, I've never seen you like this before. And they made me put on a different perspective hat, right? Mm -hmm. The perspective was quit worrying about the money all the time. Worry about having enjoyment. Mm -hmm. Create the balance in your life. Make a conscious decision to create your balance. And I also had an empowering belief that from every seed of adversity comes, or from every adversity comes a seed of greater opportunity. Yeah. And so I knew that this was the calm before the storm and some really great stuff was going to happen. I just knew I had to get through it. Mm -hmm. And I did. And things have been fantastic since, but it's also a great lesson in never tying up what we do, who we are together as our identity, because our identity is not our money. It's not our job. It's who we are as a person. And we, if we know who we are as a person, we can we can decide what we want. So creating that balance in your life is so important and making a choice. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say, so far, going back to that awareness, we don't know what we don't know a lot of times, right? This is the, the problem I have with kids going to school, right? They don't know what they want to do when they're 18 years old. They, they've been sitting in front of a teacher for 12 years. So they go, oh, I'll just be a teacher. They don't realize a teacher doesn't make that much money. They work hard hours. God bless them. Oh, they get summers off or do they? Yeah. Um, you know, and so they decide they want to be a teacher, but they don't know that there's a hedge fund job out there. They don't know there's a podcast, you know, host out there. They don't know they can run 10 Airbnbs. They just don't know, like, you don't know what's out there. And so I yeah. think we're failing our kids because of awareness. We have to give their, give awareness, but also at the end of our lives, we have to be aware of what we want. We can't just say, okay, I'm going to work, I'm going to work, I'm going to work. And then I'm 65. And I don't want people to run out of money before they run out of life. So it's, it's really important so that you many, kind of make a plan, right? So many powerful things that you just said that I want to reiterate. Number one is that tying your identity to your performance, right? I think so, we're all subject to, as entrepreneurs, we're going to fail. We're yep. going to mess up. We're going to slip. We're going to fall. We're going to, and we get into sometimes these micro um, depression states and whether they last an hour or three days or three weeks, understanding that our output is not our identity, our performance is not our identity. But I think the, the next level of that, and, and what, I, what I really think is, is interesting about that is the, is the faith and the wherewithal of turning uh, uh, adversity into opportunity. Like, like when these challenges hit us, they're happening for a purpose, right? Yeah. God wants us to get better. He's showing yeah. us, hey, here's an adversity. When you fix this, it won't be an adversity any longer. It's an opportunity to level up, to scale up, to get to the next. So pushing nice. through that, man, it takes a lot of mental willpower and a lot of adjustment and, and a lot of um, uh, that piece you were just talking about, which is identity and to performance, right? Like trying to separate those two things while living a balanced life, I think is one of the biggest challenges that we have as entrepreneurs. For sure. It's a fallacy too, right? We think yeah. that we have to do this. We have to chase the dollar when we just take a breath and go, wait a minute, let me stand back and think, let's take an inventory of what my life is like right now. Mm -hmm. Is this, is this what I want my life to be and make a choice, right? Yeah. And again, realizing that you might have more power than, you know, as part of that choice. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Well, Mark, I want to be respectful of your time. That was awesome. You left us with a lot. I'm definitely going to ask you to come back in a future episode. That'd be fun. Um, what do we have going on? What, what, do, you, do you have any events coming up? Do I know, let's plug, let's plug your book or how do people get in contact with you? I got lots of stuff going on, but I think the best thing to do is just, uh, I'll set up a link for this podcast specifically for your listeners and, and viewers. Uh, it'll be, um, 
what do you think? How about, how about go.destinycreation.com? Destiny Creation is one of my companies. Go.destinycreation.com. And then let's put forward slash legacy. Perfect. And then um, I'll have a freebie there. It's a, it's a book that I, it's an ebook that I wrote called regular paychecks. It's how to get regular paychecks from the stock market. So if you're interested in learning how to empower yourself to get some safe, reliable income out of the stock market using a method that I've developed, which is based on some giants that came before me, then great. Um, Then we can, we can talk down the road. So it's go.destinycreation.com forward slash legacy. So thank you for uh, allowing me to plug that link for your listeners. Hopefully it'll be good. Self, self-servingly, I'm going to go download it after this call and then and I'm going to read it. So I think that's awesome. Um, any last parting words, any thoughts, anything you want to leave the audience with? Well, I mean, I said it, it's, it's how I end every, every podcast now. It's, it's um, to me, it's an, it, it's a statement of empowerment by eliminating disempowerment. And that is never give up your power and your health, your wealth, or your time and your life will be a lot better. Awesome. You heard it here first, guys. Mark, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate you. We'll definitely stay in touch. Thank you so much.